have residential tenancy bond is a necessary evil when you're renting a property. It's money that you put up front as a guarantee that you will look after the property. It's usually one month's rent. However, prior to the new legislation coming out last month, agents and investors were asking for more. Now that the new legislation is in, residential tenancy bonds have certain maximums they can't exceed. Today, we are going to find out everything else you need to know about your residential tenancy bond. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. Real Estate Right is the brainchild of Real Copyright, Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting service. We are there on the front line meeting vendors, tenants, landlords and even buyers every day. And every day we are asked the questions that give meaning to why we have this podcast. We are here to answer the questions that buyers, sellers, renters and investors want to know. So check out our back catalogue of episodes and if we haven't covered it, send us a message and we'll be onto it straight away. Sophie Lyon has worked in property management for more than 30 years and is currently the Director and General Manager of Property Management at Jealous Craig Borondara. Sophie is actively involved as a Director of the REIV and is an accredited trainer currently focusing on delivering training for the new Residential Tenancies Act. Welcome Sophie, how are you? I'm really well Sue, how are you? Yeah, well thanks. Now, how has the new Residential Tenancy Act been received? The, it, it's been it's been received pretty well, um, but I think I think everyone just accepts that it's happening. Do you know what I mean? But there's still that whole question around, um, you know, how does it affect me? Um, and a lot of clients are sort of asking the question around, oh, like, can, can I still do this and can I still do that? Mm. So I think it'll, it'll just take a little bit of time for people to settle into the differences between what you could do and what you can't do now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like anything. It, it, I don't know. I just keep saying it is what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. We, can, we can't change it. We've just got to we roll with it. it. So, yeah. yeah. I've actually had um, a few peop- a few investors sort of say the timing's all wrong. It shouldn't have been done now. It's like. You know, when is the timing right? That's the yeah. thing. It's, it's just yeah. one of those things that's going to happen. Well, it is, of course, almost 12 months later than when it was originally supposed to be yeah. brought in. So we've kind of actually had almost 12 months to adjust to yeah. it again. Um, but, yeah. yeah, when is a good time? <laughs> so today we are talking about the bond part of the rental process. Um, so I'm just going to put a hypothetical out there. At, out there. So um, say I'm 20-something you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> I remember that. I yeah. remember that. Um, my, my parents had never rented, <laughs> so they have no idea. And I want to rent on a place on my own for the very first time in my life. Scary, but exciting. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, it's frustrating as I know I can pay my monthly rent, but why do I need a bond as well? Okay, so a bond is basically protection for the owner for a number of possible scenarios that might come out. Now, I I am 100% sure that people don't go into a tenancy believing that something is going to go wrong at the end of it. They go in and they, you know, the majority of people want to go in, they want to do the right thing, they want to live quietly, 
pay their rent on time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but of course, life being life, things go wrong. So um, you know, the the bond could it's not supposed to be, but it could be used for um, for rent if the tenant is in arrears mm-hmm. at the end of their tenancy. Um, what it's supposed to be used for is um, if there's any damage to the property um, or if there's some sort of a dispute over whether, um, you know, someone caused the damage or didn't cause the damage, there's a pool of money there um, for both people to refer back to um, or to be used as a negotiation tool in order to try and resolve the situation at the end of the tenancy. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating that you've got to double up on the on the first payment, really, don't you? Yeah, well, you do with the first one, but then, you know, all things being equal, you get the money back at the end of the tenancy anyway. Yeah. Um, so not that we can apply any interest to it because the government gets that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's basically just, as I say, it's a security deposit. So it's yeah. just money that we hold because, yeah. um, you know, wine gets spilt on carpet and, you know, doorknobs get broken and all that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's it's really the little incidentals. You're not you're not expecting yeah. massive structural things to go wrong in a tenancy, are you? Oh no. no, no. And if it was a massive structural thing, it wouldn't be the tenant's responsibility anyway, unless they drove their car into the property. Yeah, it's the only reason, the only thing I can think of <laughs> that you could do to affect it. That would be your car thing. insurance covering that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So where does that money go? The bond. Does it go? To uh, it goes. It goes into uh, the Residential Tenancies Bond Authority, um, which is um, a big account which is handled by the government, um, which is why I said the interest goes off to the government. Um, And that interest actually then is utilised for a number of things through um, the Property Council of Australia. Um, and that actually they decide where that money goes. Yeah. Um, so they can use that towards, um, towards you know, it's like social housing. They can use it uh, for a whole lot of different things. Um, and so the, the, the interest doesn't just go straight into the pocket of the government. It actually gets used for other purposes. In property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, nice. Um, so how much bond is required? Now, has that changed since the new Tenancy Act's come in? Under the new legislation, yes. Um, so unless the uh, the weekly rent is more than $900 a week, um, the bond is one month's rent. And one month is calculated at 4.33 weeks, isn't it? Uh, well, the way that we do it, which most people, it's sort of easy for most people to understand, is you take a, a weekly rent, you divide it by seven days, you multiply okay. it by 365 days, yeah, and then you divide it by 12, and that's the monthly rent. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't come out much different from the 4.33, but yeah. it's very minor. Um, and there is yeah. a slight difference, yeah. Okay. That's the way VCAT like us to work it out too. Okay. So we do it the VCAT way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, you touched on it before. Can we make that bond go towards that last month of rent or do we best not? It's preferably not because what that does is it doesn't then leave money um, for any of those incidents that I was talking about before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and uh, one of the other things that we quite often find the bond gets utilised for is cleaning. Um, mm. So the tenants will think that um, that they've cleaned it to a, a, an appropriate level. Um, the owner won't necessarily agree or the agent won't necessarily agree. So we generally the bond is is one of those things that gets negotiated. Oh, I'll get some more cleaning done, just take it out of the bond. Mm. Um so I would suggest that um, you don't rely on the bond as a last month's rent. Um, 
but sometimes it happens, but I wouldn't necessarily go into the tenancy believing that you didn't have to pay the last month because you could use the bond for that. Yeah, fair enough. So we're going to have a short break and come back with more from Sophie Lyon from Jealous Craig when we will talk to her about how to get the bond back. Now, you're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm Sue Langeter, and I'm on today with Sophie Lyon, Director and General Manager of Property Management at Jealous Craig, as well as a Director of the REIE. And we are talking about residential tenancies bonds. So, Sophie, now I want to vacate the property next month. How do I get my bond back? Uh, okay, so uh, the agent has 10 business days from the day that you vacate to inspect the property, notify you of any concerns or questions that they might have um, and or make a claim to VCAT to hold your bond. If there was some dispute, um, so say for argument's sake, there was a hole in the door um, and you're saying, well, um, no, that was there when I moved in or it was an accident or something like that, the owner doesn't agree and the agent doesn't agree, if you can't come to some sort of resolution, then an application will get made to VCAT, um, which is mm-hmm. the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal. Um, and mm-hmm. the VCAT member will look at all the information and they'll make an independent decision. Um, so you can, we, we don't generally refund the bond um, inside that 10 days unless we walk in the door. Everything is completely perfect. The owner's happy. Um, and then we can organise the bond to go back nice and quickly. And that's done online now. Um, so there's no forms mm-hmm. to sign. Um, the RTBA just sends you a link. You complete the information on the link and then the money magically goes into your account. So it's very, very quick, easy process now. Um, yeah. So in the event that there was a dispute, it would go to VCAT. There is also a fast track option which tenants have. Um, so prior to, um, well, upon your vacating, you can make an application to um, the RTBA and if the agent doesn't make a claim on your bond in that 10 days, the end of the 10 days, the money just comes straight back to you in full. Wow. Hmm. So it's best to just fast track if I was a tenant? Well, if you're a tenant, yeah, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's... Um, it's, it's not really speeding up the process um, because if there's an issue, there's still going to be an issue. Um, if there's, you know, if the agent is, is really happy with the way that the property is maintained and they want to give your bond back, they'll give it back within that 10 days. Um, so it's, it's really, it was there, I think, in the instances where um, some companies might have said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. And yeah. then, you know, it's three weeks later, the person who's supposed to sign the form was on leave or whatever it might be. Because it's all done online now, uh, I'm yet to see that it actually makes a massive difference in the time frame. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so what complications can there be to get the bond back? Like you've touched on a couple, but... Yeah, uh, what complications could there be to get it back? Probably... Um, if your if your uh, email address wasn't up to date at the agent, that might slow the process yeah. down a little bit um, because mm-hmm. the RTBA will be trying to contact you on the wrong email address. Um, yeah. The other complication might be that you just can't come to an agreement with the agent. Uh, and sometimes that does push out a little bit beyond the 10 days because we're waiting on quotes or whatever that might be. 
Um, so that's probably the the only complication that I can can think of from a realistic scenario um, that wouldn't involve someone dragging their feet and you know just not yeah. doing the right thing. Just a question, not um, planned. Uh, say, for instance, I did some improvements to the house, like I put new curtains up or I put um, extra PowerPoints in with the approval and all lots of stuff. That's all right, good. Um, <laughs> Thanks for adding with, that video. <laughs> with the approval and also a licensed electrician. Yes. Um, say I painted a wall purple. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids wanted those glow-in-the-dark stickers on the ceiling in their room. Mm-hmm. Would I have to remove all that stuff? Yep. Or would I yeah. just leave it? I've improved your home. <laughs> well, that's improving <laughs> it to your taste, though, so it's not necessarily improving okay. it to everybody. Um, <laughs> and, look, the, um, the electrical, obviously, if that was approved by the owner, that wouldn't have to be redone. Um, yeah. Under the legislation, modifications are allowable, but they also have to be um, returned to the original condition if the owner wants it returned to the original condition. So the purple bedroom, the owner might say, yep, fine, no problem at all for you to paint it purple, but when you vacate, we'd like it painted back to, you know, uh, um, the original Beige. the original colour. Yeah, so the cream colour. Um, yeah. So the and the stickers on the ceiling, um, they would definitely have to be removed. And if they made any damage to the paintwork that wasn't already there, then that would need mm. to be rectified as well. So um, it's a good example because they're things that people do quite yeah. often. Um, yeah, I'm sure they do. The, the curtains, again, if, you, if you're if you happy to leave them and the owner's happy to have them, great. Um, but majority of people put curtains up, they tend to take them with them when they go. Um, and in that scenario, you would just need to replace what was originally there. Um, when you move out so either the you know the venetian blind needs to go back or the owner's original curtains need to go back oh but how about the garden maybe i put lots of plants in the garden because i'm a bit of a gardener if i do want to take the plants out um well again technically if they weren't there when you moved in and this is being like super technical but if they weren't there when you moved in then you are within your rights to remove them when you move out um so the whole thing around a veggie patch um that was one of the things that was put into the modifications that you can now put your own veggie patch in the backyard um Mm -hmm. if the um if the owner has said yes that's perfectly fine for you to put a veggie patch in we just would like you to return that area to grass as it was originally um then that's the agreement that has been made um and whether returning it to the grass is you know rolled out turf or whether it's um you know, lawn seed, um, whatever it might be, um, that agreement really needs to be clarified before you do it. Um, yeah. But the number of people now that, you know, I've had veggie patches in plenty of properties um, and the tenants are like, oh, we'll remove that when we leave. And then you've had other people arrive for an inspection and they're like, oh, there's a veggie patch staying. Um, so, you know, people are starting to, to really... Um, I wouldn't say expect it, but they enjoy it. It's like a little added extra that, oh, yeah. look, that's cute. Um, so they're yeah. starting to become a lot more um, common, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So you more likely than not need don't need to take it out. No. Is that what you're saying? No. More likely than not, you probably wouldn't. But, again, just yeah. make sure that any modifications that you do um, 
and especially being a 20 something renting for the first time, really good um, suggestion is just make sure that anything that you do at the property, you have the conversation with the owner or the agent and you get it confirmed yeah. in an email. Um, so yeah. just tell me what, what, you know, can I do this now and what do I have to do when I move out? So it's all, it's all yeah. clear. It's not ambiguous. Um, and everyone knows exactly what they're, you know, what they've got to do at the end of the tenancy. So my next question was, what's your best advice for the first time renters? But I think you've basically answered your question, haven't you? Yeah, that yeah. that would be just don't, I guess, don't assume anything. If you haven't rented before, don't assume that it's yeah. fine to do something. Don't assume that you're not allowed to do something. Um, yeah. Either, you know, get on the phone to the agent, pop them through an email um, and say, hey, what do I do in this scenario? Um, I think yeah. the majority of, of agents and probably private landlords as well would far prefer that they had the conversation with someone than at yeah. the end of the tenancy, the person went, oh, I thought that'd be fine. I was like, well, if you had asked, we could have told you it wasn't going to be fine or we could have told you that, yeah. yes, you could do it if you just do it a little bit differently than yeah. the way that you're talking about doing it. Yeah. Like you can't remove that ugly light fitting and put a nice modern thing there and throw away that ugly light fitting to find out that the land that was the landlord's um passed away mum's family heirloom heirloom. (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it's funny you say that I actually only had that a couple of months ago that there was a property that the tenant didn't like the light fitting and so I I looked at this light fitting and thought not really nice so I got in contact with the owner and said you know would you like me to organize the um the electrician and they were fine with it and I said what would you like them to do with the with the light fitting and they said oh no we'd really like that back I'm like "Hmm, yeah okay but again each to their own as far as taste. Um, yes. Yeah. I'll be careful what I say in case (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Um, So I think if you follow exactly what Sophie suggests, it should be a pretty pain-free exercise getting your bond backed. Now, if real estate right listeners want to contact you to either rent a property from you or use your property management services, how can they contact you? Um, well, my uh, my direct line in the office, which I am back in now, um, is zero three nine eight one zero five zero five three, or uh, you can find me on the Jealous Craig website, which is jealouscraig.com.au. Beautiful. Thanks again, Sophie, for bringing us informative property management know-how with a slice of oh, fun. Oh, fun! <laughs> you do. <laughs> Um, so next week we have our next town taster where we go to Point Cook. We have Tony Skrikowski from Barry Plant to talk to us about all the great things you can find in Point Cook. And on that's on Tuesday. And on Thursday we have Josh Summers, a professional property flipper, coming on to talk to us about how to profit from renovating properties on the quick. So don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music and Francis Morello for his voiceover. Real Copyright is a leading real estate copywriting service throughout Melbourne. If you would like your property copywritten by Real Copyright, please book your copy through orders at realcopyright.com.au. If you would like us to help create more valuable real estate information for the people of Melbourne in this podcast, contact sue at realestateright.com.au. 
Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right. 